You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We got a big Christmas tree here. Uh, we've got Christmas in July. And if how many, if you've lived here in Augusta for a long time, you may remember this wonderful store near Payne College and the Medical College, Fat Man's Forest. Anybody remember Fat Man's Forest? Great store. It was like a Christmas decoration store year-round. They also had other things, but that was their real focus. Uh, but every July, I remember as a kid, they would always do a Christmas in July sale where they would deeply discount all their Christmas items for the month of July. Now, we are not doing a discount on Christmas decorations here at Vineyard Church of Augusta, but we are we're celebrating Christmas in July because we want as a church to unpack and unwrap this whole idea of gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be doing for this entire month. And each Sunday, uh, we're going to show how these gifts, these gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, were a very vital part of Jesus' ministry when he was here on earth, how they were a very vital part of the ministry of the early church, and how they are to be, uh, continue to be a vital ministry uh, for us today, for all followers of Jesus. And so these are very much tools for every follower of Jesus. They are tools for doing the ministry of Jesus for you and for me. And one of the big things we're going to be talking about throughout this month is that spiritual gifts are not for some sort of relegated spiritual elite group of people. They are for all of us. From the youngest of age to the oldest, uh, all of us are called uh, to be engaged and be utilizing the gifts of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. You know, as our country celebrates its 246th birthday uh, this weekend, we also recognize that there was something else that had a, a significant birthday this past week. The, the iPhone. Did you know that? The iPhone. I mean, not, not as significant uh, uh, in terms of global perspective, but, but very much an influence, right? In fact, I'm going to start my, 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 my stopwatch right now for my message, so I don't know how long I'm preaching. Um, but Steve Jobs, the founder and the CEO of, of Apple who created the iPhone, he had this to say about right tools. And that's what spiritual gifts are. They are tools. He had this to say. He said, technology is nothing. What's important is that you have a faith in people that they're basically good and smart. And if you give them tools, they'll do wonderful things with them. And so whether you're working on a car, whether you're building a house, whether you're doing surgery or making a wonderful meal, we all know it's vitally important to have the right tools for the job. And that's why God gives us spiritual gifts, these wonderful tools. Spiritual gifts are Holy Spirit distributed tools for doing the ministry of Jesus. Uh, these are not tools that we possess. These are not tools that, that we earn or we merit. These are tools that the Holy Spirit sovereignly decides to pour out, to dispense, to give us. Uh, gifts that Ju uh, Jesus utilized when he was here on earth, gifts that the early church used, and gifts that we are to be using today. Gifts that our world desperately needs us to be using on a daily basis. Now, many question, I live in the same world you do, many question, if God is so good and loving, why is our world in such a mess? 
I hear that question a lot. I've heard it for a long, long time. I want to change the question. I've got a different question for you, church, joining us here in, in, in person and those online. What if the question is this? Because our world is in such a mess, why aren't we as the church utilizing the spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to us in order to show this messed up world God's love, his goodness, and his kindness? That's the proposition I have for you today and for us that we have been given these gifts, but far too many of us are leaving them under the proverbial tree. And God is calling us to open out uh, our hearts and our lives, our hands, to receive those gifts, to put them into play. The Apostle Paul wrote a lot about spiritual gifts in his first letter to the church at Corinth. And we have several passages from this book that we're going to be looking at throughout the message this morning. So if you've got your Bibles and want to turn there, turn to 1 Corinthians. Otherwise, you can join us in looking at the passages on the screen. This first passage is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm, I'm starting with verse 4. Um, and Paul says this, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him, you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all kinds of knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, before, to give you some context here, uh, before the, the Corinthians came into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, uh, they had a reputation for being a pretty randy bunch, randy and rowdy bunch of people. Uh, they drank hard. They were sexually promiscuous. Now, after many, uh, after Paul went there and started this church, he stayed there for about a year and a half, discipling them in the way of Christ. And after he left, he got word that the Corinthian church was falling back into some of their old habits, into some of their old ways, that things had fallen into disarray. In his letter, in 1 Corinthians, he lovingly and he also firmly addresses some of these issues, including their abuse and their misuse of spiritual gifts, because it is so important that we utilize the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but also that we utilize them in the right way. Because let's face it, you can do some wonderful things with a hammer. You can also do some very destructive things with a hammer. And how many of us know that it is really difficult to paint a room with a screwdriver? I'm just saying. Hopefully you haven't experienced that. Hopefully so. So if spiritual gifts were for the Corinthians, not what we would call an exemplary group of Christians, if they were for them, then we can conclude that spiritual gifts are for every follower of Jesus, no exceptions. And that's really good news because that means me and that means you. That means the person sitting next to you. That means the person sitting behind you. That means the person sitting two rows down who's falling asleep. Even that person, even that person's spiritual gifts are meant 
for them. And, and so it's important that we recognize if you're a mature Christian, spiritual gifts are for you. If you're an immature Christian, spiritual gifts are for you. If you're an old Christian, young Christian, uh, new Christian, uh, mature, you've been around for a while, they are for you. And this may not make sense to us, but the good news is never forget that spiritual gifts are God's idea. They're his idea. And this is the way he chooses to operate. Spiritual gifts are gifts from God. They are gifts from God. They are not spiritual merit badges or some sort of spiritual award. They are gifts given by our gracious and generous, loving Heavenly Father. They cannot be earned. They cannot uh, they cannot be warranted. They can only be received. We can't control how they are distributed, when they're distributed. Our job only is to always be available, to be uh, people who receive them and use them as the Holy Spirit teaches us and shows us and leads us and guides us on how to do that. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, in this chapter, Paul lays out more details about what these gifts are really are. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And that's why we're doing this message series. We join Paul in that sentiment. Skipping down to verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. We refer to these sometimes as a word of wisdom or word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith, a gift of faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers or the gift of miracles. Uh, to another, prophecy. We're going to talk about prophecy next Sunday. To another, distinguishing between spirits or discernment of spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we might stand back. And we might see someone that we think, oh, this person is such an immature Christian. And we see God giving them a word of knowledge for someone that is spot on. And it's like, God, what is up with that? I'm a much better Christian than they are. Why aren't you using me this, that way? And God would say, probably because you're proud. And secondly, because, <laughs> secondly, because you're not available. I have been in the church long enough to see... God do some incredible things through some pretty, let's, let's just say, unsavory people. And it's like, God, why would you do that? And it's like, I remember in college, I had a pastor who was a wonderful guy. And I had this conversation with him. It's like, why? I see these, these people that, you know, uh, these, these big ministries and they're having these big moral failures. It's like, but yet, you know, there were authentic healings and authentic works of God that were done through them. It's like, why would God do that? It's because, because God loves people. 
and he met needs, real needs of real people, and he would use whoever was ever available. And he also told me, he said, Reese, don't worry about that guy. God's going to take care of him. Uh, that, that, that'll, that'll work itself out. But God is gracious and loving and kind, and he distributes gifts that he wants to, and he determines who will be used and who will not be. The gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about in this case, these are not innate giftings and talents, like maybe you've got a musical talent, or you're just naturally administratively gifted, or you have a gift of hospitality that, that you, know, you always have. These are not the kinds of gifts that I'm talking about. Spiritual gifts that we're talking about in the context of 1 Corinthians, these are, are spirit gifts empowered by the Holy Spirit for a moment, for a specific purpose, and these gifts don't belong to us. God just chooses to give them to us at a particular moment. They are supernaturally uh, enablements, uh, supernaturally enabled by the Holy Spirit. They have nothing to do with my natural talents or your natural talents. This is a very separate thing. And some of us are very uncomfortable with that because our natural talents, guess what? We can control them, can't we? But when it comes to spiritual gifts, yeah, we, we, we allow the Holy Spirit to show us how to use them, and there is control in that, but we don't control when we get them or uh, how the, the end result of that. It's a complete trust and confidence with God. And, and that's why I would say that operating in spiritual gifts is very much a partnership with God that involves grace, and it also involves faith. It requires both of these components. We can't do this work without God, the work of, of prophecy, the work of healing, the work of miracles, the work of all the other gifts that we talked about. We can't do this without him. And apparently, according to his word and church history, he doesn't want to do it without us. And that's God's idea. That's not my idea. That is God's idea. And in Paul's letter to the Roman church, he says this in Romans 12, 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Grace from God Faith on our part, there's this partnership. Grace and faith, faith and grace. And when operating in spiritual gifts, I know I want it to be 99% grace and 1% faith, right? I want, a, I want an easy load. But let me tell you, that's not typically the way it works. John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, used to say, uh, you spell faith, R-I-S-K, risk. And it does require us taking those risks. And a lot of times when we're operating in spiritual gifts, it feels like, okay, God, I think I hear you, but I feel like this is 99% faith and risk versus 1% grace. And uh, it always includes risks. But in obedience and trust, we simply have to open up our hands. We open up our hands and we let God place the tool in it that needs to be in our hands for that moment, for that immediate task, and listen to him and hear him as he leads us and shows us how to do the job of ministering his goodness and love. So I got a picture I want to show you this morning. That is a picture of my younger brother, Jason, and that is me and my grandfather, Metz Leroy, my dad's dad, uh, that we called Pa. 
And uh, I guess Jason was probably three or four then, and so I'm three and a half years older than him. So I was in elementary school, and uh, we lived close to my grandparents, both sets of grandparents, which we really, really enjoyed. Um, at this particular time in our lives, I was in elementary school, and Lincoln County did not yet have a public preschool or kindergarten, and so both of our parents worked outside the home, and so often Jason would stay with my grandfather, Pa, during the day. Now, Pa was a, uh, he was a lot older than my grandmother. He was 20 years older than my grandmother. He was a tall, lumbering man, and he also had a lot of health problems, but he was a phenomenal guy. He really was a wonderful man. Uh, one day when Jason was, I think he was about between four and five years old, and I, I checked with him this week to get the details on this, he was staying with our grandfather, with Pa. And Pa happened to be working on this, uh, be working on this old Ford van. Now, I am not mechanically inclined, but I know a lot of you are really into cars, and, uh, and apparently this particular old Ford van had the engine between the seats. Uh, it was a very precariously placed engine, and he knew it was going to be really difficult for him to get to the starter, and he needed to remove the starter to get this thing working. So he had an idea. He decided to ask Jason, who was four or five, he said, you know, he knew what the starter looked like. He could describe it to a T. He knew exactly where it was. He knew the wrench that was needed to get it, uh, to get it out. So he gave five-year-old Jason the wrench, and Jason got under the car, uh, the van. Uh, my grandfather described exactly what the starter looked like, which bolts he needed to remove. And Jason crawled underneath. He took out the starter, and he gave it to my grandfather. And my grandfather repaired it, and he gave it back to Jason and told him exactly where to put it, put it back in. Jason reinstalled it, and then they cranked up the car, and it didn't crank. Because my grandfather, not Jason, my grandfather had forgotten to hook up a solenoid uh, to that. So he realized that. And, uh, and let's see, that's where this, this whole thing, when you, anytime you have analogies comparing God to anything human, it always breaks down. And so this is where it broke down, because God wouldn't make that mistake. He would make sure the solenoid was there with our gifts. But anyway, um, <laughs> Paul was a real, he knew what the problem was. So he had Jason take it off again. This five-year-old kid under this van with a wrench, he took it off again. And, uh, and then my grandfather fixed the solenoid, got that all working. Jason reinstalled it one more time, and they cranked it up, and it worked. And he, my pa gave Jason a dollar. Yes. <laughs> but Jason went on to, uh, to, the West, to West Point, the military academy at West Point, where he got his master's in mechanical engineering. That's a true story. And I thought of that this week because this is just how spiritual gifts work. This is how they work. We make ourselves available to God. We simply listen to him. We hold out our hands for him to place in them the right tool that we need for the job. And then uh, we simply do what he tells us to do. And uh, we're not responsible for the results. We simply just do what he's calling us to do. And these things are tools that share God's love and his kindness and spiritual gifts are, they're that. They are expressions of God's love and kindness, and they exist only in order to serve others. There is no other purpose. If, if, if you are motivated to be engaged in spiritual gifts and your motivation is anything apart from love, then don't do it. 
okay? Uh, if your motivation or my motivation to be engaged with, with operating in spiritual gifts has anything other to do than, than other than love, then, then, then don't do it because love has to be our motivation. That is why God gave us these gifts, to share his love, to share his goodness, to share his kindness and his power. Now, with the exception of one of the gifts, all of these spiritual gifts that we're talking about are others-focused. They're not for us. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about prophecy next week. Jesus modeled this way of love for us, and that's why Jesus is our model for how we should operate with spiritual gifts. Everything Jesus did was motivated by love. That's what he did, uh, and that's how he served. Uh, and, and it was all about what the Father was doing throughout the Gospels. That that's, that's all he did. He didn't go around with his own agenda. He only did what the Father was doing out of that intimate relationship that they had he sensed what, what the Father was doing. And that should also be our modus operandi as well. That should be our agenda. As, as, as Jesus said in John chapter 4, I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken, and I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. That's, that's our agenda out of our intimate relationship that God calls each one of us to. Let the overflow of that love, let it, let it guide us, let it lead us into what God is calling us to do. When it comes to spiritual gifts, our focus should always be on serving others and not on our own gifting. In fact, if you want a surefire way to kill uh, and make a huge mess with gifts of the Holy Spirit, make them about you. That's a surefire way to mess things up. It's, it's like a courier who is delivering a kidney that's going to be used for a transplant and showing up at the hospital. It's like, I'm here, going around before he gives the gift, shaking everyone's hand, giving everybody a hug. It's like, no, give us the kidney. We need the kidney. That would be the same thing of us making spiritual gifts about us. We are here to deliver what God has given us to deliver. That's, that's our goal. And when it comes to spiritual gifts, our focus has to be on God and serving those that he loves. And again, any other focus uh, is, is completely uh, out of whack. Later on in the same chapter, Paul says this in verse 12, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, which is a very good thing, uh, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. And that's, that's, that's our focus here at Vineyard Church. We want to see gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, activated fully, not just on Sunday morning in adult church. Do you know our kids are learning to hear God's voice and to give prophetic words to each other in kids and in youth? We want this happening in our small groups. We want this happening as we minister to the clients that we serve with Food Pantry. We had 79 families that we served just this last Monday night and hundreds of people that are part of those 79 families. We want gifts of the Holy Spirit being poured out in everything we do as a church, but don't let it stop there. We want gifts of the Holy Spirit to be a normal part of your everyday life as a follower of Jesus. 
uh, that it would be just a naturally supernatural way that we just seek to live uh, as followers of Jesus and do his ministry. So as we begin this series, I've got some challenges uh, for you, and I want to give you these quickly. So uh, we've got a lot we wanted to cover this morning. Uh, thank you for listening quickly. I appreciate everybody turning other speeds up. I want you to learn more of what God's Word has to say about spiritual gifts. And I would encourage you, take a look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is a great chapter for doing that. Uh, maybe over the course of this month, you can read, spend some time, devotional time, in 1 Corinthians. Uh, and then don't just be hearers of the Word. Activate your knowledge as the Holy Spirit leads you and you read more and he begins to show you things. Remember, Paul says he doesn't want us to be ignorant or uninformed about spiritual gifts. He doesn't want that and I don't either as your pastor, all right? I don't want that. I want us to, to know these things and I want us to make it a priority in every area where you're serving currently, uh, whether it's inside the church or outside the church. Spiritual gifts, they are for today. Uh, and I also want to, to encourage you, I know this is a holiday weekend, uh, I, I want to encourage you to make it a priority. If you're in town, be here on Sundays for as many of these messages. Our teaching team, we're going to be talking about everything from prophecy. We're going to be talking about uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation. We're going to be talking about the gift of healing. And then we're going to talk about how these gifts are vitally important in, in leadership, in, in our lives, in the context of the church. So I want to encourage you. And if you're not here on a given Sunday, make sure you listen to the podcast so that you can keep in touch with, with what we've got going on. Um, I want to encourage you just as Paul encouraged the church at Corinth to eagerly desire spiritual gifts to be a part of your everyday life. And I want to encourage you, make this a prayer. This is a prayer that is in perfect alignment with God's will for you and for his church. Uh, this is God's will, just like it was for the early church. You know, in Acts, we see gifts of the Holy Spirit being brought forth in the early church. We see healings occur, all kinds of miracles uh, happening. Uh, and if you read back in, in Acts chapter 3, uh, the um, Peter and John were, were healing and then in chapter 4, uh, they, they're, they're going and they're before the Sanhedrin council and, and they were basically shaken down by them and they were threatened. And, and so they come back to the, the people assembled in chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, they're, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And they share that news and they began to pray together. And if you're looking for a prayer to help guide you, on praying for spiritual gifts. This is a great one in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, and know that this is God's will for us. I want to encourage you to live every day available to the Holy Spirit. As, as Angela mentioned earlier, that, this, this prayer, come Holy Spirit, is not just something we pray corporately on Sunday. Let that be something that you're praying in your homes, in your day-to-day -day life, on your way to work, inviting the Holy Spirit to, to lead you and guide you, to show you what God is doing. God is at work. He is at work all around us. Even in the mess that we find ourselves in and, and so much of our, 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 our country and our culture, God is at work and he is inviting his church, his followers, to join him in what he is doing. 
And I, and I want to encourage you, be listening, be looking, be sensitive. And we're also going to have to be willing to R-I-S-K. We're going to have to be willing to risk. The usual order with spiritual gifts is that first we obey God and then he acts. Why wouldn't he just act? It would be so much easier to obey him if, if he would just act. It's like, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, God, you go, God, yeah. But that is just not the way that God has chosen for this to work. So like the early Christians, we need to join in that prayer from Acts chapter 4. Give us courage, God. Give us courage to obey We're not going to always get it right. And let me just tell you, as a three on the Enneagram and a perfectionist, that is okay. That is okay. That is really good. That is is all right. Because I I, I do, I promise you this, and if I were a betting man, I'd be willing to go out and bet you on this. I'm not. So just in case you know, your pastor is not a betting man. But I bet that you're going to be right more times than you're wrong if you're tuned into the Holy Spirit and your motivation is love and kindness. I can promise you that you're going to be right more often than not. Remember, this is all about God's grace. Yeah, it does require our faith, but it's also a partnership with his grace. And and. This morning, as we begin this series, and this is also our first Sunday in which we celebrate communion together as a church family, and I want to invite our worship team to come up. Um, I want to remind you that all of God's gifts are loving and they're good, all of them, including spiritual gifts. They're all loving, they're all good, 